I did it good. Oh, oh, oh. It's like I did it last time. Good morning. Good morning. I am happy to be here with you all. If you don't know me, my name is Mara. I am one of the staff at Journey. Um, and I have been here almost three years, which is insane. Um, so happy to see your faces this morning. Happy to be in Antrim this morning. Um, but I just want to pray real quick before we get started, if that's okay. Jesus, your presence is so welcome here. Um, God, I just ask that you would move so greatly this morning. Um, there's so much for us to learn of your ways. God, we just thank you for being given the opportunity to draw close to you. Um, so I thank you that, yeah, you just take over this morning in Jesus' name. You've already been moving. I ask that you would move more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I am coming on to the back of um, this series that we've had called The Resurrection Paradox, which in short is the concept where in order to resurrect, to be resurrected, Jesus had to die, um, and how symbolic that can be of the Christian faith in general. Um, and so it's such an interesting concept, um, and I love how the Lord has set us up to live within his presence. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about surrender, which will be fun. Um, surrender is one of those things that I love dearly, but also hate a little bit, because it's one of those things that costs so much, but also sets you forward so greatly. Um, so I'll talk about surrender, some things I've learned about it over time, um, and just the ways that it can impact our Christian life and how the Lord has actually, part of him calling us higher is through surrender. Um, it is a subject that is dear to my heart, love-hate relationship for sure, um, but I'm so excited to dive into it. Um, but yeah, definitely one of my favorite things for sure. Um, but I have a few points. I like points. I like organizing things. Um, my job here is to be John Ash's personal assistant. So I try very hard to organize things. <laughs> I try, whether or not it's successful is another question, but today it will be. I promise you that. Um, so I have a few points that I want to talk about. Um, just some things that I've learned, things that I've been taught, and things that are biblical as well, which is always good. Good to talk about things that are biblical. Um, but just surrender, what, oh goodness. Surrender, there's so much to it. There's so much to it. There's so much that I've learned. I think it's one of those things that the Lord um, helps us to unpack over our lifetimes, really. Um, and I love that there's so much of him that it takes our life to seek him out. I think that's so beautiful. Because um, I think we see that in relationships as well, but there is something just that he is so infinite that honestly we won't discover all of him until we get to heaven, but we sure can try. And boy is it fun. Boy is it fun to try. Um, but anyhow, I just wanna talk about, um, we'll focus a lot on Abraham today and how he lived in a life of surrender. Um, and just with you know, the way that he lived, the, the cost that the Lord asked of him, but ultimately, he became, gosh, like the father of all nations, which is insane. So I just want to explore that a little bit, and we'll go over some points in line with surrender. Um, so my first point for this morning is that surrender requires us to face things. We're going to dive right in, people. Are we ready? Surrender requires us to face things. Surrender is not pretty. Who knows that to be true? <laughs> surrender is not always pretty. Um, Surrender can be a very gruesome affair at times. Um, 
And honestly, like when the Lord is, there's just something so sweet about the Lord calling us to a higher level. There's just things that we can't take with us. If you're going to a higher level, there might be issues or there might be things that you just have to lay down in order to go for the more of what God has for you. But that's how he set it up. And he's too good to us to leave us where we are. But sometimes in order to get farther, we actually have to lay stuff down. And it's not very fun. It's not very nice sometimes. Um, but he is so good in that there's this wonderful, magical thing where he asks us to do things, but he's also the strength that helps us to do them. And that is something that I think we will wrestle with forever because we're very independent and we like to do things. But God has set it up so beautiful, so, so beautifully. Um, yeah, so surrender requires us to face things. So I think as well, like have you noticed how oftentimes when you surrender things to the Lord, it's easier to hear from him? Have you experienced that where sometimes it's easier to hear the Lord when there's less issues between the two of you, you know what I'm saying? Um, which is a very blunt way of putting it, but there's something so sweet about when the Lord asks you to surrender, a lot of things get easier. A lot of things get easier, why? Because you've given them to Jesus. And there's something about facing something, the number one thing that you do, for example, let's take an example. So fear, for example, how do you defeat fear? You face it. It sucks. <laughs> but that's the only way to do it is to face it. And when the Lord calls us into surrender, he's asking us to face things. So I'm just letting you know, if you're gonna tell the Lord you wanna live a surrendered lifestyle, watch out. <laughs> because he's gonna come through and he's gonna move and it is a glorious experience, but there are some things that are gonna to have to go. So surrendering does require us to face things. However, I will give you a little tidbit of encouragement. You don't have to surrender everything in your life in a moment. Isn't that nice? I just think sometimes, you know, when you're growing up, or well, when I was growing up, I was like, I wanna know where I'm gonna live forever. I wanna know who I marry. How many kids am I gonna have? What's this, what's that? And the truth is, is that I'm so glad he didn't tell me all in one go, because I would have been very stressed out. <laughs> very stressed out, you know? He asked, he's, he, yeah, he's a journey. God is, God is taking us on a journey. He's continuously molding us. He's continuously layer by layer by layer unfolding parts in us that need to go, building parts of us that need to be built up. He's good that way, and he takes his time. He takes his time, and I love that. Um, <laughs> it's just funny, I think it's funny how hyped up we can get about time. My parents, this is quite funny, my dad is the person where if you have a 3 p.m. flight, he's up at five. You know, he's like, where's everything? We're through security by 10 a.m. Um, it's not really that bad, but we make fun of him like it is. Um, and then my mom's the other person where you're going to see a movie at 7, and it's 7 o'clock, and she's like, oh, let me just finish this dish. And we're like, Mom, we're missing the previews. She's like, who cares about the previews? And we're like, we do. <laughs> we have to go. It's just funny how our minds around time can get so just overwhelmed and fussy, but God is actually quite steady. He's quite steady. I'm a wreck, but he's so steady. He's so gentle, and he's moving one step at a time, and that's a good thing. Um, it requires us to face things. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what this implies is that surrender actually is what helps us to put ourselves in a position where the enemy flees from us. Why? 
Because if I'm afraid to lose something, for example, and I surrender that to the Lord, if I lose it, I know that God has me. I really know that he has me. That doesn't mean that it wouldn't be painful if it left, but it means that I know he has me. And I know that he has good for me and that his plan is good and that he turns all things for good and that he's trustworthy. So it's just one example of how, goodness, there's so much that the the enemy can tempt us with. But if we are living a surrendered lifestyle, if we are willing to lay it all on the table for the Lord in a moment, I mean, not much can take you out necessarily, you know? And that's, again, a lifelong journey. But there's something so powerful in understanding that, gosh, laying our lives down for the Lord makes us so much harder to shake, which is so interesting because often surrender feels really destabilizing. It feels really scary. It feels like everything we know to be sure breaks apart. It feels painful sometimes. It feels like a risk sometimes. But what's so, you know, paradox about this, resurrection paradox, is that when this dies within us, he's able to live within us. And it's so powerful. And when, I mean, goodness, when he wants to move in your life, not even you can stop it. And I love that about Jesus. It's so good. I remember, um, I don't know, I don't, I've probably talked about this before, but my, um, my life goal was to be a nurse. That was my goal. Um, this was several years ago. Um, so I threw myself into nursing school. I was ready. You know, I was going to travel with nursing school. I was going to do missions with nursing school. I was going to, you know, help people in two platforms. I wanted to help get them well again. I wanted to help them, you know, meet the Lord, that kind of thing. That was my plan. And I threw myself into it like it was my life's purpose. Um, like that was it. This is it. And through a long, you know, sob story, a series of events, it didn't work out. And I remember being very, very numb because it was in that moment that I realized I've actually put more of myself into this than I thought that I did to an unhealthy extent. And I remember the Lord just sitting, I just remember realizing like it dawned on me, this is not gonna work. Like I, I did everything that I could, trust me. And I just remember sitting on the floor and just kind of staring out into space being like, it's not gonna work, it's not gonna happen. And at this point, it was like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, it's not going to happen. Sad. I was like, no, this actually isn't going to happen. <laughs> and I remember the Lord saying, will you give it to me? And I was like, no. That hurts me. This is my thing. And he was like, no. What if it's not? I was like, okay, well then, maybe, like, maybe tell me what my thing is and then I'll surrender it. You know, like maybe we'll just transition really easy. And he was like, are you able, are you willing to follow me blindly? Are you willing to trust me blindly? Are you willing to give this to me and let me rebuild the parts of your identity that you put into this thing? I was always gonna crash and burn because if my identity was being a nurse for Jesus, that's not entirely healthy, is it? <laughs> But he knew, he knew that eventually I would crash and burn because my motivations weren't healthy. I was giving of myself entirely, forgetting about Jesus as well. And so he asked me to give it to him and it took a long time. I cried a lot, I grieved a lot, and it sounds so silly, but this is what I wanted to do. This is how I was gonna serve God. And he was like, actually, serving me is letting it go. 
it's not nice, but I need you to do this. So several months went by, and ultimately, I ended up in California as a missionary school, and now I'm here. And it's just so crazy how that one decision changed the entire course of my future. That one decision turned the course of my future. I met Joshua at school. I rebuilt a lot of myself at school. I moved here with Joshua, and here we are. Like just one thing, one moment, one moment. It came down to one moment where the Lord asked if I would surrender. And when I did, his favor fell on it, and now here we are. And there's something so beautiful about that, because the truth is, is that whether I surrendered or not, he'd probably have dragged me here anyway. And that's the truth. <laughs> but oh, it's so much more fun to be along the journey with him, to stand beside him, and to say, yes, we're going with this together. I want to be involved in this. Instead of fighting you, let's just do it together. Let's do it together. And there's this, um, there's this analogy that I love. You know how the Lord says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that specific picture is used on purpose because the analogy of the yoke thing, so when, when a farmer, you guys know more about farming than me, so I'm not even gonna try, um, but in this context, I did research this, so I think I'm good. But when they were teaching oxen how to plow, they would put one experienced, mature ox with a young one. And so what this would do is that the young one would want to just burst through the field, get it done, dance along, have a great time and whatnot. Whereas the big one was actually the slow, steady, solid as a rock. We're going to do this one time. We're going to take our time. We're going to do it right. So they pair them together in order to train them. But what's so interesting is that in this situation, the bigger ox usually carries most of the load. Why? Because the point of this is to teach the young one how to carry it. And then next time, the young one will become the older one, and so on and so forth. But God set that up on purpose because he wants to carry most of this load, guys. He wants to be the pathway to surrender, the fulfillment of surrender. He wants to bring favor into your life, but he's too good to let us dance off in the field like crazy chickens. He wants to show us how to do it right and how to do it well. And a lot of times that means, whoa, slow down. Whoa, let's take our time. Let's go back to the basics. Let's ask just questions. Stop trying to do the whole field. Just look at and pay attention to what I'm doing because I will teach you the way to go. You don't have to figure this out by yourself. And I think sometimes we think we do, but we really don't. So his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And that's how he set that up. He wants to bear the load. He's putting himself in a position to bear the load. You just have to stand by him and follow his leading. And before long, you'll have a beautifully, metaphorically, plowed field that you won't have to go over a million times because he's just that good. My next point is that surrender is faith building. Oh, to surrender builds your faith. And in this, I want to start, um, I want to read a bit of um, Abraham's story because he lived a life of surrender. He definitely did. Um, we're starting in Genesis 22. I don't think this is going to be on the screen because it's a bit long, so we're going to have a bit of a story time, so get yourselves ready. But at this point, Abraham had left his country. He'd left his family. God promised that he'd give him a son. His wife was already too old to have a child at this point. 
And then 25 years later, ended up giving him a son. So that's, that's just rude, really. Um, Abraham had exhausted all of his own ideas. He tried to have his own kid. God asked if he'd give that up. Didn't happen. On and on and on and on. He sent away Ishmael and Hagar, and ultimately he asked him to give up Isaac, the fulfilled, the fulfillment of the promise that he had waited for probably his whole life. And then when God told him he'd give it to him, he made him wait 25 years. I would be so annoyed. Can you imagine? All right, so let's start in Genesis 22, 2. So this is when we're pretty much starting where God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. So God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. This part, like when you really think about this, can you imagine if God's like, say, so you're gonna, you're gonna sacrifice your kid and there will be a mountain, I'll show you. I'd be like, you're not even telling me where I'm going, are you kidding me? Um, so just the patience of Abraham is beautiful. It's, it's incredible. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had sent him towards. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said, Father? Yes, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Sad day. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear the Lord because you have not withheld me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide, and to this day it is said, on this mountain the Lord will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. What a life of faith. What a life of surrender. There's a part there in Hebrews 11, 17. This just, this just got me. It says, by faith, when God tested Abraham, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned, 
that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So his mentality the whole time, the whole time was, okay, so if God promised me that, you know, descendants, descendants, descendants from this son, from Isaac, then if worse comes to worse, God will just resurrect my son after I've slain him because he promised me this. And if he promised me this, he'll do it. So if worse comes to worse and I have to slay my son as a sacrifice, well, God will just resurrect him. And that moves me so much. But Abraham had faith, why? Because he was with him when he left his family. He was with him when he left his country. He was with him when he gave up Ishmael and Hagar. He was with him when God gave him a promise to have a son. He was with him every day for 25 years while he waited for it. He was with him. So when God asked him to slay his son, the one he had waited for, the one he believed God for, the one they had labored over, he was like, yes. I would give him up for you. But you'll probably resurrect him because you promised me this. So you promised me before. You're going to come through. So if all else fails, just resurrect him. I'll be obedient. But he also understood he's being obedient, but he knew what God had ahead for him. He knew that God had promised him before and things happen. So if God promised him this, it was gonna happen. Why? Because when you surrender your life to God, it builds your faith because he comes through every time. Maybe it'll take 25 years and we hate that. Maybe it won't look like what we think it will and we hate that. Maybe it will be something completely different than what we thought it would be, but he will come through every time because that's what he does. So when we surrender, it builds our faith. And this is by no means an appropriate comparison to giving up a son. But I remember when God asked me to move to, from North Carolina to California, which is completely across the country of America, it was diffi difficult. I, was losing, I left everybody that I knew. I knew one person in California. I left everybody that I knew. I'd never done that before. And so it was really scary, and I was scared to fail again because I, nursing didn't work out, so what makes me think this is gonna work? And I remember going, and I remember being like, you know what, um, one, of my, one of my leaders in my life was like, you know what, Mara, if you're gonna be scared, then be scared. Just do it with God. Like, just be with God and be scared. Don't be scared and distance yourself. If you're gonna be scared, just jump in terrified with Jesus. Just go. Just do it. Because the truth is, in life, you're gonna be scared of stuff sometimes. It's, it's humanity. But fear is not a reason to distance ourselves. And also, we're gonna to have to face it at some point or live in complete paranoia because of it for the rest of our lives. So when the Lord called me and asked me, face this with me, be scared. So what? <laughs> Get under my little yoke here. Let's go together. Let me bear the load. And if you're scared, that's okay. He actually doesn't really care if you're scared. He'll still take you along with him where he wants you to go. I know that for a fact. <laughs> but then, after that happened, I lived in California for two years, came on a missions trip to this country and to the Republic of Ireland as well. And I knew almost immediately, within probably a day in, I just felt that, like I almost felt a sense of grief. And I was like, Lord, 
you're asking me to leave again, aren't you? He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. It's painful. I don't want to leave my people. But you probably have more for me there, so let's do it. And it's so crazy because technically, from North Carolina to California is 3,000 and some odd miles. And then from North Carolina to Northern Ireland, it's only 90 miles farther. <laughs> it's only 90 miles farther. I was like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> we got this. It's fine. So I told my mom that, and she, she, I think she felt a bit better about me coming here, honestly. She's like, okay, it's just water. It's just water. It's fine. <laughs> but it's so much easier. Why? Because he had been faithful to me before. It was so much easier to come here. Why? Because I'd already done it. And he'd already come through in more ways than I could imagine. It builds your faith because you know you can count on him because he's held you before and he's not about to stop now. And there's times where it's tricky because he's asking us to a higher standard. He's asking us to a higher level of holiness, but he takes us on a journey. He takes us layer by layer. He takes us piece by piece. It will cost you, but it will set you so much farther ahead. It will take you so much deeper in the ways of his heart. It'll take you so much deeper into his calling. It'll pull stuff out of you. You had no idea was in you or it'll help you do things you were terrified to do previously. Why? Because he's bearing the load. He's asking you to partner with him. He's asking you to come beside him. So whether or not you feel like you're gonna take off running through your field like a crazy young ox, just remember, he's right beside you. He's right beside you. He's asking you to stand beside him and you walk through that dirt together. And once you, gosh, once you get a taste of his goodness, once you see him come through, once you start to surrender, once you start to build a lifestyle of surrender, you can't go back. He ruins you for himself. There's so much of him to love, there's so much of him to see, and we only touch the surface of it because he's that big, and he's calling us into more. It's such a beautiful thing that he continues to have more for us. He continues to have more of himself for us, more favor, more opportunity, if we keep going. And we keep going, go at afraid, go at not altogether committed, like doesn't really matter, he's still gonna take you. I've learned that as well. But he's so good, he's so good. And living a surrendered life will definitely build your faith because he comes through again and again. So you start getting less and less afraid that he won't because that's what he does, he comes through. My third point is that surrender brings us closer to the Lord. It really does. It brings us closer to the Lord. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. I learned over time as well that, you know, do you ever have those thoughts where you're just like, I think I heard the Lord, but I don't know, and I'm kind of, I don't know if it was God, or if it was me, or if it's this, or if it's that. I don't really know. I've realized that the more that I've surrendered to the Lord, the less that I'm worried I'm missing him. Because the truth is, you can't. You can't miss him. It's not his way. And perhaps we think we complete, completely wreck his plan for our lives. Perhaps because, you know, well, I didn't draw near well enough, so he won't draw near to me. That is the 
biggest load of bull. He has been in every moment. He's been in every moment. And every moment is another layer he's bringing you through. Every moment is something that you wouldn't have known or you wouldn't have learned without that event or without that moment or without this loss or without this thing or without this triumph, whatever it may be. He's in all of it. He's in all of it. You can't miss him. He's too good. You can't miss him. He loves you too much. Yeah. I know I definitely learned that the more I face my issues, <laughs> the easier it is for me to hear God. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah, I mean, I've been in situations too where, you know, you're talking to a friend and you ask them a question, but you keep talking and they're like, hey, pause and I'll tell you what I was going to tell you and you won't have any questions. Like, give me a second. I'm like, oh, it's kind of the same way. Sometimes I get so flustered that the Lord's like, dude, calm down. I got you. We're going over here. That's fine. Let's just start walking. My last point is this, surrender is worship. And this is really powerful. And this really changed my view on surrender because I think, I think I grew up understanding, and this was probably my own interpretation, but I grew up understanding that surrender is like, oh, this is bad in me, so I have to surrender this for God, if that makes sense, or to get to God, if that makes sense. Like, I have to lay this down because this can't be in me because it's bad or this can't be in me because it makes me weak, so if I give this up, then it will be more okay for me to be closer to God, if that makes sense. Like, I, I associated surrender with, oh, I have a lot of work that I have to do. I have a lot of things I have to sort through. I am very messed up. That was how I translated this. And whether or not that's true, it probably is, with me being messed up, not the other thing. That's not actually how God views surrender. God views surrender as worship. What a backwards idea. And this wrecked me because I had never seen it that way. I always saw my need to surrender as a falling short because that's what it is, right? I have to surrender this bad stuff in order to be close to God because he's holy and he's good and I guess I'm not. I got a secret for you. God chose humanity on purpose. He came to earth as a human on purpose. He validated our human experience and sanctified it on purpose. He knows what it is to walk amongst humans. He knows what it is to be a human. And he calls surrender worship. Romans 12, one through two says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I think surrender is a huge way that God transforms us. It has been a very big one in my experience because surrendering helps me to get closer to the Lord. Why? Because there's not, there's not so much stuff between me and him. I learn how to trust him when I learn how to surrender. 
I, my faith is built when I surrender. And it's a very powerful thing. I also love how he says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. And that's very important. You will learn to know God's, God's will for you. You will learn it. He already knows it. And that's okay. He has it. And that's good. You don't know what it is. Guess what? That's okay. Because if you knew what it was, you wouldn't have to surrender. And that's a huge way that the Lord draws us close to him because he becomes our source. He becomes our provider. He becomes the one that we lean on. He becomes the one that our faith is in. He knows, he knows what's going to happen. And we get to learn that. But we learn that with God. So again, within surrender, I just feel like I have to emphasize it. If you're scared, if you're uncertain, if you're so on and so forth, all the things, just do it with the Lord. Just do it with the Lord. If you're terrified, be scared with Jesus. If you're devastated, if you're grieving, grieve with Jesus. If you don't know what the heck you believe, do it with Jesus. You know, he actually likes that. He actually likes it when we have a relationship with him. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. In my relationship with Joshua, we talk about the things we don't like all the time. It brings us closer. If we disagree about something, we talk about it. Maybe he's right, maybe I'm right, maybe we're both right in different ways. But it would be so boring if we didn't get to fuss every now and then or discuss things that we don't agree on every now and then. There wouldn't be as much built up because we're not, we're not talking about the difficult subjects. We're avoiding the conflicts. Jesus is fine with you having a conflict. He's okay if you're unsure. He doesn't really care if you're afraid. He made humans. He knows what's up. He experienced emotions as well. So if you're going to be anything, do it with Jesus. He's never changing, guys. He's never changing. We change a lot, and I think as well, it's, it's interesting, our, our little survival instincts that take over sometimes where that instinct to survive, that instinct to be um, independent, and a lot of times that like, culture can play into it as well. I know as an American, it's, very, it's a good thing if you're independent. It's a good thing if you're super busy. It's a good thing if you're really successful. It's a good thing if you are non-stop. Whereas the Lord's like, hey, 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 hey. Let's stand beside the slow ox. Let's take our time. Let's come back to the basics, which makes me very anxious. I'm like, but we have to be, like, we, we need to do something. Like, we have to be proactive. We have to, like, there has been so much anxiety I've had to face because the Lord has been like, slow down. Chill. But he knows what's going to happen. He knows how it'll happen. And he's too good to leave you where you were. He wants to bring you higher. And that might look scary. It might look really painful. It might look fantastic. If it does, please come and talk to me. I'd like to know. 
But it's not, it, it does cost you. Living a surrendered life will cost you because there is a standard that the Lord is calling us to. There's, there's depths and heights of his love that he's calling us to that are only achieved through surrender, only achieved to hearing the call within his voice and laying down your life to say yes. It's not easy, but it will change everything. And the band can come ahead and, and come back up. Yeah. He's so good. I'm just going to pray us out real quick. God, I ask that you would, I ask that you would stir us up, Jesus. I ask that you would start to call us out, God. I ask that you would start to ruffle feathers a bit, Jesus, that you would bring, um, your voice into situations that need change. I ask God that you're also the source. You are the source. You are the healer. You are Jehovah Jireh. Your presence is among us. You want to move. You make all things good. And so Jesus, I thank you that you are humble enough to dwell among us. But God, I ask you to bring us up to a new level. I ask you to Convict us, Jesus. Convict us in things that we do need to surrender. Be the pathway that it takes for us to surrender, God. And I thank you, Jesus, that your goodness, your fire, your favor will fall on that sacrifice. You will bring blessing. Why? Because it's what you've always done. So Jesus, I ask you to continue to build our faith today in Jesus' name. To take us all on our own journey of what surrender looks like to you, God and that your presence would just fall upon us in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you're good. Your goodness overrides circumstance, experience, et cetera, et cetera. You are good, you are good, you are good, and you are ours. So I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in us, and God, I ask you for more. I ask you for more, I ask you for more. I ask you for more, I ask you for more. There is so much more, and God, we want it. So I just ask you to take us higher, God. Take us deeper, Jesus. Ask us to surrender, God, and give us the strength to surrender, Jesus. We love you, we love you in Jesus' name, amen.